0: I'm the underdog with the heroic heart. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I read and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family. Hey, hey, hey! You're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones you the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs, and today I have Earl Capule. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Hey, how's it going, Eric? I'm doing great. Thank you for your invitation.
0: Uh, no problem, and thank you for accepting. Thank you for reaching out. Um, before we get into our conversation, today's sponsor is brought to you by Christian DeWan. positive energy through your clothes. It's my personal brand, me and my son. If you go to the website, christiandewan.com, use the promo code Underdog Talk, and Underdog is U N D E R D A W G, you'll get 15% off. We have t shirts, we have hoodies, we have sweaters. Um, so go check us out. You get 15% off if you use that promo code. All right. So we're going to get into today's conversation. My man, uh, Earl, he grew up in Hawaii. So I know the weather out there was beautiful, but. Tell us about your childhood and how you grew up.
1: Yeah, for sure. So a lot of times when I tell people I'm from Hawaii, a lot of times the first thing they think is like, oh, it must have been beautiful, must have been amazing. Um, And it is in a sense of the weather's great, oceans are beautiful. But my household, uh, I grew up in a neighborhood that was, you know, below average. So we're in a poor neighborhood. Um, My father was an iron worker. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. And I had a few siblings, and my father, he worked super hard, um, and he had a lot of trauma throughout his life. So he would come home from work, drink with his friends, and at the end of the night, on most nights, would be just wasted. And then he would get into a state of anger and um, start abusing my mother and my siblings. And so I just remember being in my room, um, hiding, you know, just listening to the screaming and the yelling from. Everybody in the house. And so it got crazy. That was happening for a while. Um, We also couldn't pay bills on time. So oftentimes we didn't have electricity, didn't have water. Uh, You know, as far as food goes, bare minimum with eggs, you know, maybe some canned goods, but very, again, um, on the poverty line. Um, One of my brothers, in and out of prison, he's still in prison to this day. Um, He's been in prison for over 20 years now. Um, And then at some point around middle school is when both of my parents became drug addicts and they could no longer take care of me. So I went to live with my sister. Uh, But that was childhood. It was just a huge roller coaster.
0: (laughs) Understand. Um, Yeah, that does. Like when when most people you think of Hawaii, you think of beautiful, but you're from there. And it's like, uh, yeah, it wasn't so beautiful for me. That's kind of like almost. (laughs) anywhere kind of like sure. people that live in la right you know or wherever you're like oh yeah oh no you didn't live here you, you don't you know get away from here but you know everybody goes through their their struggles but right so you you had somewhat t- kind of almost typical over here uh, well I guess uh, Hawaii's not like Hawaii's a u.s right it's a mm-hmm. state right yeah okay I'm making sure I now uh, just making sure <laughs> Um, um, so like over, I grew up in Michigan city, Indiana, so that's a small town. So I have seen stuff that, you know, like you've uh, said with uh, abusive dad, not me personally, but you know, just knowing it poor neighborhood, you know, yep. you know, little to eat. I definitely understand those struggles, but, um, I didn't have a drug addict parents, but I have seen people where there was people in my family. So, um, for you being a kid and then you were, you're the youngest, correct? Yes. So you being a kid, you being the youngest, like how did that take a toll on you when you went to school? Like, you know, you kind of got to go to, you got a, a, a fucked up household and then you got to go to school. Like, Oh, okay. All right. Everything's okay. But so I was at as a kid, like going to school, you know, having friends and different stuff like that. But then going home was like, man, I really don't want to go home.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um,
0: what I found was, well, now
1: looking back, when, when I was in school, I think that's the reason I was the quiet one. wasn't a, not, You didn't get a lot of talking out of me unless you're really close to me. And I didn't get close to a lot of people. So that caused me to be more quiet in school. Um, definitely, you know, because, again, I was poor. Didn't have, you know, really nice clothes and stuff. So in middle school was made fun of um, for that reasons. And then whenever it was after, after school, I would try to stay out of the house as much as possible. Um, and I think it was because I knew the energy that my dad had with all the trauma he had. So did my best to stay out of his way and just play with my friends as long as possible. And then the cool thing was they did allow me to stay out pretty late in, in most cases. Uh, but yeah, it was just a constant, you know, trying to find a place to feel safe and uh, not get in the way.
0: Understand. See, so it's kind of different for me. Like I, I wanted to stay away from the house cause I live with my mom and my sister it was girls. Like, oh, I don't <laughs> want to do what y'all are doing. I'm going to stay outside. I'm going to play, you know, uh, basketball was my thing. So I, that's normally what I was doing. So I, I would stay away from home just because I didn't want to, you know, be at home with the girls, but I understand like, you not wanting to stay at home. So, You uh, said you you moved in with your sister. Um, How did that go? Was it like um, because I know like siblings, I'm an older sibling, so I know kind of how an older sibling can be. But was it like cool older sibling or was She was like, hey, you got to go to school. You got to do this. You know, she made sure you got on your stuff.
1: Yeah. So when when we were living together in the same house, uh, as I was growing up, my father would make her take me with her <laughs> to a lot of places. So if she wanted to go to the mall, go to her friend's house, whatever. A lot of times my dad would say, well, you're going to take her with you just so, you know, don't do anything stupid. So in a sense, she was already kind of raising me from a young age. And so that's why I felt drawn to her. At, during that time when i found out they were doing drugs um so she took me in did an amazing job she was like my second mom you know and so she took care of me got me through high school even afterwards i lived with her for several years um we we jumped from place to place but yeah she did really good providing for me and you know taking taking my parents place for that time being
0: shout out to your sister that's dope yeah. cuz that's that's a big responsibility um so how old how much older are you and your sister
1: yeah, so she's uh, eleven years older than me.
0: Okay, so when she's you were like five. middle school, high school, she was grown. So okay, but yeah. that's that's a big toe to still, be yeah. like, whoa! I got to take care of my little brother. Like he's still in school, you know. I got to provide. I got to make sure. So I know definitely. Shout out to her, but that that definitely was difficult. So you know, you you finished high school. Did you go to Did you go to college? What What was the next steps after you know high school for you?
1: Yeah. So for me. Um, I was going down the path of construction. So in Hawaii, a lot of people go the path of construction. And so I joined the Carpenters Union right out of high school. Um, They sent me to school um, part-time, and then um, I I had a job immediately. So I helped build houses in Hawaii for about six years. Um, And during that time is also the time I picked up a heavy drinking um, you know habit and as well as smoking um, towards the latter end of that career but drinking he became a heavy drinker around that time
0: mm. so do you think uh you were a drinker because of you know just working going through or was it because your dad was a drinker
1: <laughs> yeah I think it's a it's a um a mixture of those things, right? So my father, alcoholic for sure, maybe I experienced seeing him do that a lot after work. All the people I worked around, they did the same, you know, we would meet up after work and then drink on the weekdays and then weekends, get together with all your friends, drink some more. So there was kind of a lifestyle thing. And so again, trying to fit in and be a part of, you know, the, the pack and the crew. Um, but at the same time, there was also part of me probably doing it to um, relieve, relieve stress and trauma from childhood.
0: Understand, understand, because, yeah, sometimes we think, you know, smoking, drinking, it, you know, gets the, the job done. But sometimes it's like after you do that, it's like, uh, well, I still got the same problems. <laughs> For me, I, I used to uh I used to drink um like in high school. Well, high school, kind of college. I was a big drinker. And then when I became an adult um recently, I just stopped drinking. Like I'll drink socially every blue often. I don't really go out to drink like that, but I don't really. Uh, I never got into drinking like that because people in my family drunk. So I had alcoholics in my family. So I seen that growing up. It was like, nah, I kind of see what, you know, my uncle own or my auntie own or whatever. And I'm like, uh, that ain't really for me. You know, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. And I kind of veered away from it. But I couldn't understand like being a lifestyle, like in college, everybody drink, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm catching up. But then it's like, uh, I really don't like this. So right. it's like, you get to a point where it's like, okay, let me stop. Right. For me, because sometimes you get caught up in the we and right. the we and the brands and all that, and then it's like, ah, that's not for me. Right. So, you uh got the construction, you know, you say you were drinking. Um, did anything like uh bad happen from your drinking, or was it just a you know social thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, so when I was 21, I got my first DY. So that and that night, man, I, I was I had way too much so to to a point where I don't remember driving home, I, I, but I do remember getting pulled over, and I was I got pulled over like twenty yards from my parking stall. So I was about to be home, but they pulled me over right then, and they were following me for miles. So <clears throat> that was a big kind of wake up call for me to you know start drinking less, especially not when you're driving. But even on top of that, drink less. Um, but then the following year I got another one. And so um, more things started to happen to to where I I need to, like you said, get out of this cycle. I I was stuck in a rut where I was just working, drinking, smoking, working, drinking, smoking. And there was no, there's nothing that was fulfilling me at the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I've definitely been there, uh, like just being around people and, you know, been smoking and doing stuff of that sort. And it's like. Uh, this ain't really get me nowhere. It's yep. like, uh, cause, cause like when you grow up in like, I don't know if they call it the ghetto or the hood or whatever yep. in yep. Hawaii, but like, that's what they call it here yep. in in Indianapolis and or Indiana. I'm from up North in in Indianapolis, but it's like, you can get caught up in what's going on. And then you think that's the life that, you know, Oh, let me just go get a job work forever, you know, get this pension and all that. And it's like, ah, uh, this ain't really, you know, it is not really for me. So after those DUIs, after, you know, life then beat you up, smacked you like, hey, you, you going to wake up or are you just going to keep on, you know, doing this? What changed? Did anything change or, you know, did it take some more time? Did it take another hiccup? How did that go?
1: Yeah. So so there was a time I, or I got laid off from work and I got into unemployment And that was cool. But when I got laid off and I was unemployed, collecting unemployment, the drinking increased, hanging out with the boys and partying and smoking increased because I didn't have anything else to do with my time. And so about a year of that, at the end of that year, I started thinking to myself, like, man. A lot of my friends are starting to build a family. Some of them got married, some of them got kids. So now it's just me and these boys that are doing the same thing over and over every single day, which is fine. But it, but in my heart, I felt I, I wanted to do more. Just, I was like, has to be something else, you know, because I'm not ready to start a family right now, but I feel like I can do more with my life. Um, so then I went to go visit my sister in San Diego. She had moved out there several years prior to feeling like this. So, you know, not having her around, my parents still being drug addicts, my two brothers not really in my life. Um, I didn't have any real support. And so it was easier for me to just follow the crowd and uh, follow what all the other boys are doing. But something just told me, go visit her. You know, you haven't seen her in a few years. Just check it out. And maybe you might like it up there and maybe we can start a new chapter out there.
0: Mm, that That definitely... Man, we got somewhat of a similar kind of like story um, per se. So <laughs> I remember um, moved from college um, and I, that's when I moved. I would stay in Indianapolis, but I was staying on like my buddy couch. We're hanging out. I just couldn't get a job. Like he was working, he was struggling. And I remember we had went home and his dad, um, his dad's a, um, the pre the pastor and his mom spoke that day. It was women. I don't know what it was, but she spoke and she said something like so restart. So I moved back home. And I started saving money, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to move here. And I didn't end up moving where I wanted to, but I moved with my cousin back here in Indianapolis. And that kind of, like, kick-started a new chapter. And it was like, sometimes, uh, like, starting over, people don't want to start over, but sometimes you need to start over. And it doesn't have to be, like, nothing tragic or anything. It's just like, man, I ain't nothing going on right now. You know, I'm the same old, same old. And like you said, you've seen – you seen your friends that had the energy that you wanted, like, man, oh, over there, he get married, he got a family, you know, and the energy that you just accepted, you like, okay, let's continue drink, smoke, and it's like, no, I kind of like that over there. It looked it look kind of good, you know, having a family, and that's kind of for me. Like, I started seeing people and like, man, I kind of do want a family. Like, you know, I never – I always thought about it, but I'm like, I don't know. So you moved to San Diego what happens you know dude yeah
1: yeah so so I'm going to come into San Diego it's it's kind of like I left a pond and it came out Mm -hmm. to an ocean and it's kind of like that analogy with sharks you put them in a tank they only grow a certain size because the tank will limit their growth and that's kind of what Hawaii was for me uh I couldn't grow anymore so I had to spread my wings. I came out here and I saw that there was way more opportunities. I mean, one is just being so much bigger than our tiny little island. Um, Feeling the different energies of different people from all around the world. It's kind of like a mixing pot out here or melding pot. And so people from all around. But I saw that there was way more opportunity for me to learn, grow, and just explore. You know, there's more to the world than the tiny island that I grew up on. And I wanted to see it. So um, staying here for a month, I'd in that one month of visiting, I, I made a decision. I'm going to go back to Hawaii and save up for one year and then move out here. And so I'm going to have one more year in Hawaii. So I'm going to, you know, yeah, have a good time, spend time with friend, family and friends. But really, the goal is to be out here next year and begin a new chapter in my life.
0: I love it. I love it. I love how you, you said, all right, I got to make a goal. You know, I'm going to go back to the crib, but I'm going to make sure... I'm saving, you know, saving money. And that's uh, sometimes you got to you got to make that sacrifice of that move. And then you got to know, like, what a goal, like a goal, like you said, the exposure. Like, I don't think sometimes people, you know, from where I'm from, Michigan City, they have they get stuck or people live somewhere and they get stuck there. And they they've never been out that city or they've never been out that state. and They don't know. It's so much beautiful everywhere else or somewhere else you can find beautiful or you can find opportunity other places. And it's like, you don't have to stay at home and with the same friends and the same family. You know, you can go and and find something different. So I, I commend you on that. Cause sometimes people will go home and be like, Oh, I'm going to just go back. That was cool. That was, you know, I, you <laughs> know I, can go visit, I can go visit sis whenever I want to, but she was like, no, I really want to move out here. Like it's something different. I don't know what it is, but it's, you know, something different. So yeah. after that year, um, you moved back. Do you have a plan or do you just go out there with the money you guys save and like, I'm going to just find me a job and go from there.
1: Yeah. So, so initially the plan was, I'm going to go out there transfer to the carpenters union out there and get work. Um, not knowing that they had the same problem here, you know, not, not as much work. So I'd be put on a list and be waiting for work. So as soon as I got here, I did that, but work wasn't coming in. And so I was still kind of in the old rut, just drinking every day with my brother-in-law, you know, my sister, and then my neighbor, I started smoking weed with my neighbor, and we were smoking weed every day, drinking every day. I would go to the gym, you know, and then look for jobs, but nothing was happening for me for like the first year or two. So it wasn't like I had this amazing transition and everything just fell into place. (laughs) The first year or two was was, was a little rough, Um, especially like two months in, I got into a crazy car accident. Um, which was one of those things, like you just mentioned, a track, like a near-death uh, experience uh, where the truck was totaled. Um, I, I was on the freeway going 65, 70 miles per an hour. Um, I got sideswiped, and my truck's my brother-in-law's truck started rolling off the freeway. Um, and then that kind of really threw me for a loop and, and changed my perspective on everything, for, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, when you have them near-death experiences, that definitely, uh, hey, I, uh, let me get my stuff together because uh, I almost <laughs> just, you know, I'm didn't make it, and I, I got some more stuff to do. Yep. Um. So I definitely, that definitely, you know, everybody doesn't have to have a near-death, but it's sometimes it's something major that happens, an accident, you get sick, somebody pass away, whatever it is, something, life will hit you and wake you up. And it's <laughs> like, you either going to wake up or you're going to go into a rut. So um you said it it, it kind of woke you up. So after you know those first uh 2 years um was it like oh I'm going to give up or it's like okay let me let me change up the plan and try something different than um staying um being a carpenter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that that, that did kind of redirect um where I was heading, you know. So there was a lot of events that happened after that car accident. Two cars behind me was a man who was a retired marine and police officer. Who's also from Hawaii originally. And he told me, you know, I've seen a lot of accidents in the 20 years I was a police officer in San Diego, but never one like yours. And someone just stepped out with no injuries like you did. So he, he was like, I, I, I was for sure, uh, you know, I knew for sure that someone was really hurt, badly hurt, or possibly dead with the way your accident looked like. <laughs> so he's like, I, I believe Angels, you know, was definitely watching over you. You have something. There's a reason you're still here and, you know, you need to discover that on your own. And so that got into my head and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, two weeks later, two of my best friends from high school um, was caught in an explosion at their job um, and and didn't make it. So that Mm. hit me even harder. I was like, man, two people my age, my best friends um, gone within a second. And so, so even more, I was like, man, it's, you know, it's not coincidence. These things happen. And like, you just gotta, you have two choices. You can go down the road of, you know, anger, frustration, sorrow, and like, just keep beating yourself up and blame life for everything. Or you can take the path of I'm going to make every day and every moment count. Uh, their, their deaths is not going to be for no reason. Like I want to make them proud. I want to make their family and friends proud. I want to, you know, really make the best out of it. Cause they were, um, but from there I decided what else, what else do I want to do? And, and
0: what came to mind was,
1: uh, be a firefighter.
0: That kind of like crazy. You almost die, And then two of your closest friends pass away. I know that hits, uh, definitely different. Um, when it's like your friends and people, your age, you're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of young. Like what the heck, you know? So, um, I definitely known people the past somebody recently that I um, went to high school with just passed away. And I'm like, man, that's, that's crazy when you think of it because it makes you look at your life a little different because of how young, you know, I am and how young you were. So you go, you, how does being a firefighter go for you? Um, So
1: in the beginning, a lot of people were telling me, Oh, it's competitive. You know, California is really hard to find positions. And it, if they'll even choose you, even if you pass all the tests. So, what that did for me at that time in my life is it caused me to level up on my physical health, mental health, and all that stuff. So when I kept hearing that, I decided I'm going to become in the best physical shape I can to have as many advantages advantages as I can to become a firefighter. And the whole thing about a firefighter was, in, at, at the time, my belief was firefighters help people, and I want to help people. <laughs> that was it. That was all I knew about it. Um, but at that time, I was like, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking, and I'm even going to try a vegetarian diet all at, all at the same time. And I started telling people that, and they are like, you're crazy. Uh, they are like, why would you do that? And so I did it all at once. And, I mean, 30 days went by, and I felt way better. Then I was like, why am I going to go back? I'm going to keep doing this because I saw results that I couldn't have imagined physically, mentally, emotionally. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. I like this. Um, and that eventually led me down a different
0: path. I didn't even become a firefighter. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) that that that's it's funny because sometimes we it's not about the destination it's about the process yep so you leveled up in a way to get you set up for something else you were going for a certain goal but you knew you had to work on your physical health you knew you had to stop drinking stop smoking you knew all these different things and that led you to be a better person and throughout that you got to, what did you do? Like, so you didn't become a firefighter. What was the next step after you worked on your personal development and you leveled up?
1: Yep. So what I what I found was these things that I did for myself, it needs to get to other people. Other people need to know about this. <laughs> because if it changed my life that much in 30, 60 days, then I need to be sharing it. I don't think firefighters have the, they don't really do that. I started to think about it more and more. I was like, firefighters, when they show up, what's really happening on the scene? Usually somebody's almost dead or they're dead. So I'm like, that, that to me, it didn't seem as efficient. Like, there has to be another way. So as I was finishing up my EMT course, there was a statement in the textbook that said, rarely today, today does anyone die of old age, like of a natural death. Majority de- of deaths are not natural. And I was like, man, I never really thought about that. So you're telling me almost, almost nobody dies in their sleep just because they're too old. They're, they're just really old. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's look into things that I can do that will help low, uh, increase the amount of people that just die because of natural age and, and lower the, the risk of all these other deaths. So I, I, I found out about a lifestyle school that will teach you how to be a lifestyle coach to help you with your diet, exercise, anxiety, stress, addictions, just being a lifestyle coach. So I did that. I went through a four-month course to become a lifestyle coach. Hmm.
0: I, I I love what you said when um, you wanted to, you you got the results and you were like, man, other people need this. Because sometimes people can be selfish and be like, oh, I got this. Be like, man, how did, how did you lose weight? Or how did you get this? Or oh, I just, you know, worked out or whatever. But like, you were like, no, I'm going to go help some people. And then even people was like, man, you crazy. You're going to stop drinking, stop smoking? What? <laughs> and all, like, and just just how you say you, you know, it's another way, like, okay, uh, do I want to be a firefighter really? Cause I could go in there and die like on the first try. Um, I don't know. And that's crazy that, uh, that part in the book, like registered to you about the deaths because like you saying that you want to lower deaths. Like I've heard a lot of people talk to a lot of people, but that's, rarely what you hear somebody say it's like oh to better somebody to help them do this but you said to lower deaths like <laughs> no, we're not gonna have people just you know yeah. so you become a lifestyle coach um how does it go for you what what's the next step after you get your uh after your four months
1: yeah um so after the four months was over um the funny thing about leveling up is every time you level up You're able to see further down your path, as far as where you want to go. But until you level up, you can't see so far down the path. Kind of like a stairway, when the the stairway is lit, but only a couple. You can only see a couple of steps. And until you take those couple steps, you won't be able to see any further. And so when I did that level up the for the course, now now it's for the lifestyle course. I leveled up even more. Um, I was able to take everything I learned into the church I was attending. I was the I was a health evangelist for the church I was attending, so I spoke. I spoke at different churches in the communities. Um, they sent me to the Philippines on a mission trip, where I educated people out there on health. Um, <clears throat> and I just started pushing all the health benefits of all these things on on social media. I started, you know, becoming an influencer with health on there. But literally, the the, the day I come back from the course, um, or like a month or two after that, my father has a heart attack,
0: mm. and.
1: And everything I learned at that course was there right at the right moment because we, we took him to the doctor and they said, he needs two stints put in. Um, we're going to send him home. He has type 2 diabetes. All of these things we didn't know. And I mean, we had an idea, but he, he has to go home with nine pills every day and four shots of insulin. And I saw the look on his face when we had to do that day in and day out. And I told him, look, I, ha- I went to that school. For, the, all, for this reason. And if you're willing to give these things a try, I can help you take less pills and not have to do these shots every day. So, so I put him on a plan, you know, walk the dog every day. Here's a new diet. Um, and Just make a few small lifestyle changes. And within three, three to six months, we took him for his checkup and all his levels were lowered. And they were able to take him off. Instead of nine pills, he went down to three. And instead of four shots of insulin, he didn't have to take any shots every day. He would just take a pill because everything changed in three in that three months just from walking and eating better. And mm. that was just proof. I was like, man, why, why don't more people know this stuff? It, it wasn't, I didn't have to get a college degree to learn that and then teach it to my dad. And my dad, it wasn't like pulling teeth. We just added some vegetables, added some fruits and a walk. Like it's very simple. And so at that point, I wanted to get that out to as many people as possible. And I continued to do that.
0: Mm That's crazy <laughs> that uh, it took because, uh, you know, your, the story of your dad and then it took for him to have a heart attack to him to, you know, because sometimes that, you know, when people have a heart attack and get cancer, they, oh, you got to take this, you got to do this. Yep. And it actually makes it worse on the person. Yep. And sometimes it takes somebody else like, hey, just try this out. I mean, hey, what's the worst that can happen? You still got to take all those pills but let's just try this out and see and he was willing to try it out and that um um and then you were able to have him as like your first coaching client really yep. like you know and and that was great that it was your dad so now you know exactly what to do you made a plan for him you know it was simple so after that um does your coaching like does it get rolling or you know you just get a couple more clients how does that go for you
1: yeah. So so what ended up happening is you know the universe god what are you going to call it started to show me that you don't you don't have enough skill set yet and experience for this to really get big. So I continued to coach here and there, continued to speak at different churches and whatnot, but ultimately Where I am now, a lot of what I've learned is from the solar industry, solar sales industry. So in 2014, I was recruited to work for a solar company, knocking on doors and uh, educating homeowners about different solar programs. And it's it's in that career where I learned a lot more about communication, about helping people understand why this is important for them, and really building connection and trust so that I can then
0: coach them. Mm. That's, that's, that's dope. You don't really, you know, hear about, uh, solar. Um, so tell me a little more, like, kind of, like, you don't got to go deep into it, but like, what kind of is solar sell, like selling solar? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, so in the beginning of my first year, um, I would just knock on doors, talk to homeowners and say, Hey, we're just out here talking to homeowners about different programs that exist that can help you go solar without paying any money out of pocket. And, your payments for the solar will be lower than what you're paying the utility company. And so for me, the biggest thing I got out of that is I had to go through tons of rejection. So knocking on doors is not easy, (laughs) but what it did do is it helped me become mentally stronger and not to take rejection personally and not have a fear of failure. Because if I feared failure and rejection, I wouldn't have been able to help all the homeowners that I have helped over the years and build all the skills that I now have um, by putting myself in that position day in and day out.
0: Understand. I used to sell um Kirby vacuums. So that I I know about the knocking doors and getting rejected and all that different stuff. That definitely that definitely does help, especially with sales and with sales, like that helps in other areas in life. Like cause I learned to ask questions like you ask questions to get the answers kind of that you want when you're doing sales. So you can, you know, that's the same thing. You ask the right questions and get the right answers out of people when you know it's It's kind of a a cheat code per se, but, uh, you know, it works out. So um, you got to, you're working a solar company and um, you're doing good. Uh, So what's next with that? Do you keep doing it? Um, You keep just, you know, doing the sales and doing coaching or how does that work for you?
1: Yeah. So first year of solar, uh, at the end of the first year, I became the manager of that company. So a lot of the guys that were teaching me and, you know, performing on a higher level, I started to perform at the same level and higher than some of them just because I put in more hours. So I knew I didn't have the same talent and skills that these guys had. They've been knocking doors all their life. Some of them are Mormons and they grew up knocking doors. So they were just talented, uh, really good at it. So I just put more hours in. And then at the end of that year, I became their manager. So from, But from there, a couple of years later, after managing for a couple of years, I decided to start my own solar sales company where I would I called solar companies up and said, hey, I have a sales force. We're gonna bring sales to your company. We're looking for installers to install our projects. Um, from there, I branched out, built, I built the company out where now we can install uh, nationwide. We're partnered with installers all throughout the United States and we can help homeowners nationwide. So that's the business that I started back in 2018. Um, and, and it went on pause during quarantine, but I, I turned it on back uh, this year and
0: we're rebuilding it again. I, I I love what you said, man. I don't think people caught that. You said you put in more hours. Yeah. You knew they were more talented. You know, they had the experience. They were already at a level that you weren't at, but you put in more hours. <laughs> and that's that's the difference between um, a Steph Curry and somebody else. He puts yeah. in more hours. Yeah. It's yep. the difference between, you know, Tom Brady and, and other quarterbacks. He, yep. Was he couldn't? Tom Brady was slow, you know. He, nobody, okay. You, you, you was cool in college, but you're gonna sit on this bench. And then he just put in the hours, you got to put in the work to get there. And then you didn't just say, Oh, I just came manager, like I became their manager, you know. And then you said, Oh, I just started my own company. Oh, wait a minute, sir. You just started, you know. Most people getting a company, getting a company and they rolling, they might go to manager, might, you know, go to the regional manager, district manager, but you said, no, I'm going to just start my own company. Like what made you want to start your own company just from working there a few years? Like what, what was that?
1: Yeah. Um. So there was a transition. What there was a, there was a time when that company, they had a merger, but essentially they were bought out. <laughs> so they had that merger. And during the merger, a lot of things started to change and I didn't like the changes. I didn't like that you know, it became more limited for my ability to serve the customers. So um, I started looking for different options. There was one of my coworkers, he had his own company that I that eventually I started my own with. So I went to work with him and he quickly, they quickly showed me that, you know, like I can pretty much do this. I can do what they're doing. Um, and one of my reps that I've trained, he was follow he was he went along with me and he was like, hey, let's just do our own thing. He's like, you you know enough to build all of this stuff out. It's not that hard. Uh, So he pushed, he gave me that push. I just needed that encouragement. My wife was very supportive. She was like, yeah, you you can do this on your own. And from there, I just stepped out and I was like, yep, we're going to do this. You know, I'm confident in myself, confident in the product and service. And I believe I can do this. But that that came from, I believe, I came from several years of self-development, listening to a lot of different content from different people. Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, a lot of people, just hours and hours of it. Um, Whenever I'm driving out to the field to knock doors, I'm listening to podcasts and just filling my mind with all this stuff that's building my confidence and my skills. Um, So that's why I was so confident early on for me to to make that jump, because I've been downloading tons of content over the years that I felt confident enough to do it.
0: (laughs) I love that, man. You said, I ain't like to change. (laughs) (laughs) And some people don't like to change, but they'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll complain and they'll just stay. And it's like, Hey, now not saying everybody can, you know, just go start their own company, but you could go somewhere else. You could do something else. You don't gotta, if you don't like to change. You don't gotta stay there. Yep. And that's not just for a job. That's for anything, a relationship, anything. If you don't like it. um, And you can see that you can't grow from it. Nah, do something different. And you said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out buddy. All right. Wait a minute. I can, I can do this by myself uh, <laughs> hey okay, hey honey what what you think about me you know doing this on my own? yeah, go ahead and what you said is again, putting in the hours of self-development it wasn't it really like you might not you could have not took no notes, but the thing is you were feeding your brain to get that confidence and have all the things that you needed to say, let me start a company, you know? I, I let me see what this does you know i i kind of know how to do everything like everybody else um i'm gonna put in the work obviously and see how that goes and then you said you know covid hit which covid hit and it's i think with covid is either if you had a business it kind of hit you or you like your business went crazy like high or people started business. so i started a business during covid so um I know how COVID can have its ups and its downs, but then you said, all right, COVID's over, back rolling. So how is it going for this year, and how is the coaching going? Like, you you still coaching throughout the, you know, being in a solar company, having your own company. How does that work? You got your own company, and you still a coach. Yep. So
1: after being in the solar industry for this long and learning everything I learned, it being in sales, I I decided I also wanted to add being a mindset coach. For for the solar industry, so my main clients are salespeople in the solar industry, but I can definitely help in anyone that's trying to better their life, starting with their mindset. Um, I just recently kind of stepped into that more full time. As as far as my company, I've recruited several people that are aligned with my beliefs and how we want to run things, and we're we're building, and that's doing good. But solar has now become my part time, and coaching more full time. There was a time, there was this transition period for about a year. I, I, I've been, I was not, I was kind of doubting or I was kind of scared to make the jump from full time solar. This is where all the money comes from. Coaching, there's no money coming in from it yet. So to make that jump was a little bit like a little scary. So it took me some time to get into the place where I was confident enough to make the full jump, and that was about a month ago, where I decided, you know what. I'm going to put it out there, let everybody know I'm now accepting clients because people have been following me in the solar industry for several years because of all the free content I've put out. And now I'm ready to coach people one-on-one and coach companies as a team. But it's been doing good. I I, I took the leap uh, of faith and what happened was everybody on social media started to respond. And a lot of people were saying, you know, you're, you're perfect for this and you've been helping people for so long. And it just helped um, reestablish my confidence in what I've been doing the whole time, the plan and everything, you know. So it's not like I'm not scared of doing different things. It, you're always going to have that moment of fear right before the next level. Um, so it was time to level up. But I had to go through that, walking myself through the doubts and the fears and saying, no, it's going to be all good. Just, just take the step, next step.
0: Man, I, I I love that. The like you said, it was just like you was playing double dutch, and it's like skip it. I'm gonna just jump in, take this leap of faith because you because you already took the leap of faith by moving to San Diego. By oh, let me be a firefighter. Uh no, this sounds like you already took those leaps. And sometimes I think we forget the leaps that we take. Um, like even as a kid or as an adult, we already took the leaps. It's like, this is just a new leap to take. It's not nothing different than anything else. Like you said, when you level up, uh, you know, things get a little more challenging. You get you get, you get more uncomfortable as you keep leveling up. It's like, okay, I'm good now. Dang, I got to do this. Oh, my goodness. And it's like, yeah, if you want to, you know, be that person to be a great person, um, be a successful underdog, you got to take those leap of faiths and understand that each level you got to level up. You can't just stay. You can't be 35 and be 45 you yeah. gotta be 45 and be 45 right. so um and i love that you said I, i'm gonna take i'm gonna be you know you you've been putting out the content though that's the thing sometimes people uh, don't realize because what what you said you said you put out free content so mm-hmm. all that free content you got now people like oh yeah let me check out what you got now people gonna check you out and you know, you can. Oh, I got a webinar, I got this, and now you're getting clients because you already people already know what you're about. So, like, um, for me, yeah, I put out videos and I'm putting out videos. It's like that one video might get it, or somebody like, Hey, I like what you're talking about. Can you come speak at the school, or whatever the case may be? Or you know, hopping on somebody's podcast, or somebody like, Hey, I seen you on such and such podcast yeah, you want to come work, you know, I want to work with you or whatever the case may be. But just by you putting out that content helped you. So, um, before I get into like the last, like the three tips. So when you were putting out your content, so you're putting out content on social media, you got your company and your coaching. How did, um, doing the content Were you just, you just putting out videos or was it, uh, almost messed up the word strategic like what you were doing? Or you were just, all right, I'm going to just put this out just to get it out. Or was it like, okay, I'm going to put it out to have an end goal of what I'm putting out?
1: Yeah. So in in the beginning stages, I was learned a lot from Gary Vee. And he talks about just document, right? Just documenting the process, documenting your life. What are you doing on a daily basis? Share tips that help you, share your struggles, just share your life. And be transparent. Show people like, this is how it is. It's not perfect every day but these are the things that i do when things get hard and so that's the kind of content i've been putting out it's like i'm doing this i have this sale here and this one canceled and i share all the experiences that i go through and i share with people how i get through those experiences and what's helped me um and and what's been happening through the years of creating content is i'm figuring out my style as a coach i'm also figuring out what people like to hear most from me So I I never try to post to get likes and uh, engagement. I post a variety types of posts to see what they want the most because I wanna give them value that will help them level up. And so the three E's or actually five E's that I use for social media is every post needs to have one of the five or all five if you can, but educate, entertain, engage, uh, use empathy and empower. If you, if you can empower someone with your posts, if you can show empathy with your posts, if you can entertain them, engage them, and educate them, then it's going to be a good post because you're going to hit somebody at the right time when they pop on. That's what they needed to see. It could be helping them with something they're going through in their life right now. Like, that's the type of post I want to put out every time. Um, and then that's the results I've been getting. People, people comment and message me all the time saying, man, you posted that at the right time. Thank you for posting this. And like, just get, like Gary V does, give out the free content. Because in the long run, it's an investment. I'm investing into people. And yeah, like you said, when it comes time, hey, guys, I need your support. My coaching program is out. I got the gratitude mindset swag out. Like all that stuff. The content has been working. As long as I always have those people in, my, in mind, how I can help someone, um,
0: it, it always pans out. I, I, I love I, I love that because uh, you just helped me out a little bit. Because <laughs> I'll be like, you know, when you put out stuff, you overthink. Yeah. Cause you're like, okay, this person does this, this person. And it's like, you don't look at other people, just be yourself. Cause you're your original. Like when you're your original self, people gonna like you. Yeah. And I like what you said. You share your life, you share all your experiences. Uh I share experiences. I don't share all, but I should share more. Cause like when you're transparent and then you're like, okay, this happened, and people are like, dang, that's messed up. But then you like, okay, this is what I did. They're like, okay. I've been in a situation, so let me try that. So you basically were coaching people without coaching them because, like you said, you educated, entertained, engaged, empathy, and empower. And that, those are things that I do. I definitely – I like to laugh, so I'll throw a joke or change up. I might dance or do something. And, you know, when you're a speaker, you got to – I'm an educator myself, so I educate on a daily basis, so that's easy to educate and then just empowering people. I think sometimes we don't realize – House, you know, a post no matter what the like is, as long as one person that helped one person. Yep. Of your video, of your quote, whatever, if it helped one person, you did something. Yep. So that's how um when I first started speaking, um, that's what someone told me. Just just speak to one person. When you're in the crowd, just look at one person. And shout out to Gary V, because Gary V definitely is himself. Like, yeah, I'm like, what are you speaking you because when I heard him, I was like, ooh, <laughs> Like, I cuss, and I'm like, I don't cuss, like, when I'm teaching or anything, but I just cuss, like, that's just kind of the nature of my conversation sometimes, I throw cuss words, yeah. and it was like, I can do that, <laughs> and people like it, I was like, oh, and then um, Eric Thomas, I can wear Jordan, well, I don't wear Jordan, I can wear gym shoes and a hat, and I can speak, and I can make X amount of dollars, <laughs> oh, okay, that, you know, and I think when you see people like those guys and other speakers be themselves or just other people be themselves, because like you name what Zig Ziglar, Jim Rome, Les Brown, those are three wonderful, great, amazing speakers, but they're all different, right? They're all different. So you can be yourself in whatever you do. You don't got to be a coach. You don't got to be a speaker. Whatever you do, be yourself. When, right. I, when I'm when i a teacher, I'm myself. I'm definitely different than all the days singing the old, the old songs, I'm turning on the YouTube with the with the old songs, but with the new hip-hop beats, and the kids are like, oh, that's my song, but they learn it. They don't <laughs> even understand that they learn it, but they learn it. So just, you know, be yourself when you're doing that. And you, you know, you help me out with the, with the uh, video part of it. So I always ask my guests um, to give three tips. I would say give three tips on someone stuck, someone kind of going through what you were going through um, in your time when you were like moving from Hawaii to San Diego, like, I want something different, but it ain't working. Give them three tips that they can use, uh, tomorrow. Cause we're recording the day before. So tomorrow when they listen to it or whenever they listen to it, what they could do to, you know, help them get out of that situation per se.
1: Yep. Um, so number one for me, so my brand is the gratitude mindset and essentially I, I tell everybody, you need to make gratitude part of your daily practice. And not just the general, I'm grateful for life, grateful for my health, for my family, but an actual, actual practice. So what I do is five minutes every day, at least, I'll create a list in my, whether in my mind or on paper, I'm writing all the things I can think of that I'm grateful for. And I try to get specific, like, what challenges am I grateful for right now in my life? What are, you know, who who am I grateful for in my life? And I just do that in different ways. And what that does is it creates a neural pathway of gratitude in your brain so that now that's a new habit. So that if something happens in life, you can look at it from the perspective of gratitude and say, okay, this thing happened that I didn't really like or expect, but how can I look at it in a way that makes me grateful? Because there's there's something there. Um, so that's the first thing is get grateful every day. It's going to raise your vibration. And when you're on a higher frequency emotionally, there's more solutions on higher frequencies than there are on lower frequencies. So if you feel scared, stressed, anxious, you're not going to find the answer in that frequency. So you have to raise your frequency through gratitude. Second tip would be you need to have a solid morning routine. If if you wake up every day and you're not happy every morning, then you need a morning routine because Number one, I'm excited to do my morning routine the way I set it up. I'm excited to do those four things that I do every morning. And when I'm done, I feel great. No matter how I woke up, I'm going to feel good when I'm done doing those four things, which a lot of times takes me about 20 minutes. So get, get your morning routine locked in because essentially you're filling up your cup for the day. And you can't help anybody from an empty cup. So you need to make sure you fill that cup up, spend that time with yourself. Now that you've done that the rest of your day is spent pouring your cup out with your family and then others. That's for your career. So you're making an impact in other people's lives, first your family, and then those outside of your family. But you can't do that if your cup is not full. And then the third thing I would suggest is tracking. So you want to track your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions on a daily basis. You know, you can just write on a piece of paper, thoughts, emotions, actions, and write whatever comes to your mind. I had some negative thoughts today what were they write it down I felt some negative emotions I felt some positive emotions but you need to track these things because on a daily basis you're thinking majority of the time you're thinking the same thoughts feeling the same emotions and taking or not taking the same actions. so you need to change that but you can't change it if you're not aware of the patterns that exist right now so you'll track it you can't
0: improve anything you don't track
1: so you're gonna track
0: um I love it (laughs) I love the first part because that's uh, the gratitude. I was just having a conversation with my mom about that. She was like, yeah, I got a gratitude. Um, she was like, I write five things down every day. And I'm like, I need to get on that. Because I heard Oprah, um, I don't know what I was watching or listening to. I think I was listening to something. and She was um, on part of the clip and she was like, she's had a gratitude journal that's one thing that she's been consistent on and helped her throughout life and helped her change and help change life. So that's one thing that I would say definitely do and definitely something I'm working on. And then you said, have a solid morning routine. That's definitely true. When you have, when you a consistent uh, morning routine and you're doing the same thing, you you look forward to, Oh, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And it just helps you. So definitely get a solid morning routine. And you said track track i thought you you know sometimes people think of tracking their money something like that. So <laughs> track your your thoughts your emotions and your actions yep. and it's it's really journaling it's just journaling yep. uh what happened that day why did you feel that way because i went back um to journal and i was like man i was having some, some shitty times but <laughs> i knew that and i looked at it like okay wonder why oh that's why i was feeling like that oh i don't okay so now if it happens i don't feel that way so those are definitely uh three great tips to help people um so before we get into your links how people can reach out to you always ask for underdog quote um that could be anything that could be a quote you got that's gonna be a quote you heard whatever the case but what some quote you want to give somebody that can help them
1: yeah um More recently, um, I've liked this quote that I kind of came up with, and it's, what you appreciate, appreciates. Mm. So whatever you're focusing on and giving appreciation, it will grow, it will expand, it will appreciate. And then that's what I found with my practice with gratitude over the last three years is all the things that I specifically show appreciation for in my life has only grown and gotten better. So be grateful for the money you have. It may not be a lot. Be grateful for it. You make a purchase on a daily basis, say thank you. Every time you make a purchase, say thank you for that money you had to make that purchase. But you're getting into that habit of appreciating every single thing you currently have in your life. Um, when you mention Oprah, she says, um, "When the more you're grateful for what you have, the more things you will have to be grateful for. So, I mean, yeah, just appreciate what you, what you appreciate appreciates
0: <laughs> well I, I wish I would have saved that part uh, for the end so I could have just said peace one love but before <laughs> we get out of here because that was definitely a mic dropper what you appreciate <laughs> appreciates and it's simple when you appreciate whatever it is it appreciates you it's, it's simple but it's really deep yeah. um, how can people reach out to you how can people you know, get in contact with you social media all those good things
1: For sure, yeah. You can search me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube with my name, Earl Kapule. Um, And then on Facebook, we do have a group and a page, The Gratitude Mindset. We have a page and a group for that as well.
0: All right. And if you want to be a guest, if you want to comment, anything, Underdog Talk podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, um, on your favorite podcast platform, Underdog talk podcast at gmail.com if like i said you got comments if you want to be a guest if you just want to maybe you didn't figure out how to reach out to the guests you want to you know talk to the guests whatever that's how you can reach out to me i again earl i appreciate you i appreciate your story i appreciate you being transparent and then helping um and showing people that Just because things happen to you don't mean it's the end of the road. Don't mean like you got to stop. You got to be settled. You know, the environment might not be great, but you still can be great. So I appreciate you and I thank you for um, coming on the show and being very valuable and adding knowledge, not just to the guests, but also to myself. Thank you. Eric. I appreciate you, too. All right. And on that note, peace. One love.